Today is a mini episode. I want to introduce a segment called Real ECT Memory Loss, where I share an aspect of how ECT has affected my memory and how that affects my life compared to what doctors told me about and, and you know, told other people to expect. So today we'll view ECT memory loss through the lens of PTSD because of alarming medical speculation about whether ECT can be used to intentionally cause memory loss to relieve uh, PTSD sufferers from distressing flashbacks from bad memories. So does this treatment theory hold up against decades of traumatized patients losing memories to ECT? Let's find out. I love seeing Jim Carrey in serious roles. He has such an intense and complex range, and it's just, ugh, it's so enjoyable to watch him when he channels that into drama. And so a movie that relates to what we're going to talk about is called Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. It centers around a couple played by Carrie and Kate Winslet. After a tempestuous relationship and painful breakup, they chose to undergo a procedure that selectively erased memories of their relationship while leaving cognition and all other memories intact. Sounds pretty cool, right? And it certainly is an interesting premise, but it doesn't really hold up in real life. ECT for PTSD. I read this article, the only thing I can really think is, is it really seems like psychiatry can only acknowledge ECT memory loss when it's marketable. And the trouble is, they can't choose what memories they want to disrupt, nor their reoccurrence, nor how other cognitive impairments from ECT impact the response to traumatic memories. I've seen speculation over the years in various publications of this concept of treating PTSD survivors with memory erasure via electroshock. And I came across this study. Anyway, it, I mean, it looks nice. I mean, you've got that nice little graph, but since I can say the actual experience is beyond horrific. I have lots of trauma for a while I forgot about because of ECT. And this is bad because the circumstances that led to this trauma were making me depressed and they were holding me back. You can't recover if you're still in an unhealthy environment, let alone understand that that's the problem. Well, those memories came back eventually. The only problem is, when they did, all the hard work that I do to process the trauma, and when I have flashbacks or triggers or the next day, all my efforts are gone because of anterior grade amnesia. It's very hard for me to learn and retain new things. And when you're dealing with PTSD, part of that process is to unlearn that experience or relearn an experience in a safe way. That involves a lot of self-talk. It involves a lot of attention. It involves a lot of work. And I've been battling with PTSD now for a very long time. I can only get so far now because of my amnesia. And one example of this and, and ways that that this affects me, the way the memory loss affects me and my cognition is, you know, my grandmother died a few years ago and we were staying with family before the funeral. Every once in a while, I'd look over at our large family. I'd see somebody just showed up, think to myself, where's grandma? Everybody's here. Where's she? And then I'd remind myself of why we gathered. And then in my mind, I go through this. It's like, oh no, she's dead. And then I feel, I feel the sting of loss just as acutely as when I first got word she was dying. This happened multiple times during the day, for several days and weeks. And the problem is, this doesn't resolve with normal grieving. Everything's really, really painful for, for a while. But with time, and you heal, you kind of start to move on. But that's not what happens. That's not what happened for me. It gets worse over time because the memories degrade. My memories degrade much faster. So... 
you know, it seems like something that happened a week ago really happened a month ago or sometimes even six months ago. But the problem is, is that I have all these emotions that are still just as raw that literally cannot be processed because my brain can't work with this information that I need to deal with. Why do I hurt to begin with? Well, my grandma's dead, but I, I don't remember because it feels like it happened, you know, six months ago. So how, how, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with that if you can't keep something in your mind long enough to, to just process it? So it's, it's basically feeling disconnected at the same time. You just feel that emotional pain, but there's no, no event tied to it. So it's, it's, it's basically been like being trapped in grief with no way out. I've gotten better over the years when there is a death or, or a big loss or I force myself to just feel as much pain as I possibly can in the moment. And, and try and deal with those feelings because once those memories degrade and it literally happens within a few days, then there's no way to deal with it. And so with my grandma, I've made progress, but with other deaths in the family, I've never, that grief is still there. That grief is still inside of me. And I, <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever be able to get it out. And similar problems occur with CPTSD flashbacks that I have. There's days when I have absolutely no capacity to use the strategies to manage them in a way that neutralizes the trauma response and allows me to learn I'm safe after repeating this process. And when my brain is fatigued, I forget minutes after working to get centered and calm and I start freaking out again. Why? Because when I'm struggling with cognitive problems caused by ECT and fatigue, my mind is like Teflon, nothing sticks. And when this happens, my strategies are useless and I'm basically at the mercy of both physical and emotional flashbacks. Physical sensations sometimes will just rip up one side of my body and down the other, and then I keep forgetting what's going on, and I just feel pure terror. And it doesn't matter who tells me I'm safe, it won't stick, and my body goes into survival mode. It's basically like being trapped in an eternal groundhog day from hell. And that's more or less the gist of my experience with it. And when I close that off, this leads me to a story about a relative. So... All of my memory symptoms that I've been dealing with and the cognitive decline, it just keeps making me think about a relative who married a woman who was previously married to an abusive man, and he loved her deeply. But old age, in old age, she began to show signs of neurodegeneration, and in her mind, she was back with her abusive ex. The man who loved her and doted on her became her, her worst monster. And... I, I think of this because there are people in my life who've hurt me, but we've come to a healthy place of connection after lots of hard work. And, and after this last allergy season basically reduced me to my original post-ECT mental capacity, unable to make phone calls, remember what I just said, or, or if I took a pill a mere second ago, you know, basic self-care. I've had moments where a flashback trigger would occur and I couldn't override it. I could just feel nothing but terror in the presence of someone I loved, and nothing could give me peace. ECT truly is the eternal thief. It stole my past, it stole my potential, it stole my abilities, my autonomy, and now, and now that I'm learning that neurodegeneration from ECT is a thing, and, and that's what I'm experiencing right now. It's basically laid waste to almost a decade of hard work to rehabilitate myself, in spite of doctors gaslighting me and putting up every single roadblock they could each step of the way. And so 
I fear, I fear some days that my future will be like that of my relative's wife. Did I mention I'm in my 30s? <laughs> in closing, I want to touch on things prospective ECT patients often say, you know, myself included, based on their understanding of what memory is and what doctors tell them about how ECT might impact it. All my memories are bad, so, you know, losing them won't be a loss if, if it means I'll feel better. I said that a lot. And I believe that the members will stay gone. Here at Lacuna, we have a safe technique for the focused erasure of troubling memories. Is there any risk of brain damage? Technically, the procedure is brain damage. It's on a par with a night of heavy drinking. If only it was as simple as, as in Jim Carrey's movie, but it's not. What I've described is just one-way ECT memory loss disrupts your life, and that includes dealing with PTSD, and I've just given you a few examples of how destructive ECT-induced brain dysfunction can be to your well-being on, on levels that you just you cannot imagine. I don't even know where we're going. Oh, it's going to be fun. Come on. It's the best place. No, this way. No, this way. No, to find out that she's a stranger. I don't want to call it off. Can you hear me? I don't want this anymore. I want to call it off. In the movie, Jill and Clementine eventually find out about their past relationship after memory erasure. And in spite of all that went wrong, they decide to start again. I'm not a concept, Joel. I'm just a fucked up girl who's looking for my own peace of mind. I'm not perfect. I can't see anything that I don't like about you. But you right will. Right now, I can't. But you will. You know, you will think of things. And I'll get bored with you and feel trapped because that's what happens with me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. ACT is not like that. It not only erased my memory, but impaired my ability to make new ones. To start over, like Joel and Clementine could. And that's the cruelest part. To have your past and your future stolen, with no way out. No way back. What are going off? Can you hear me? I don't want this anymore! I want to call it off! Thank you.
said no, 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 no. You should. I've earned the cost and now I've paid it. Oh no, no, no. Oh please don't go.